No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear it. Of course, Brian, hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Glad to be with you here on the radio talking about finances, getting to and through retirement and wealth management. Brian, and one of the things that occurred to me is that we just came back from a trip to Las Vegas, a financial symposium where we learned a lot about some new products and services out there that may help people. Is your profession really an ongoing educational process? Well, it should be. Certainly, I, I try to treat it that way. Um, you never know everything, and things change all the time. And there is just a lot of new products, new strategies, and all that kind of stuff. But, of course, we don't want to lose sight of the old ones sometimes, too. But some of the things, yeah, this was a financial advisor conference. Uh, I was a speaker at it, so, of course, I had to go. And I appreciate you were able to come along, Jeff, and, and uh, spend time with me there. Uh, we didn't do a lot of fun things there. We <laughs> were kind of in our <laughs> conference rooms uh, the right. whole time. Uh, but uh, that's okay. So some of the things that uh, we were talking about, we're going to talk, talk about on the show today is kind of recap of the first half of the year and the market and, and so forth there. But this had a lot of different, whether it be technology or products, on the uh, insurance side of things. So as we know, listening to this show, you can invest in real estate, you can invest in Wall Street products like stocks and bonds, or you can invest through insurance companies, which offer more of the cash flow, life insurance as an asset class or safe money investments. So a lot of what we talked about was at the conference was kind of merging a tweener spot between safe money and risk money, which would be stock markets. So there's a lot of variations in between those coming out 
of the woodwork. Certainly the fixed index annuity that we talked about on the show, just as an investment, not as a lifetime cash flow product, but as an investment has a zero floor, but it, uh, you know, a limited upside. And so that's the starting point. So now we're, we're taking a look at some products that are somewhere in between that and the stock market. Yeah, they talked about things called Phyllis and Rileys. And as we investigate those and vet them a little bit, we'll talk about those here on the program. In the last five, 10 years or so, I know that, you know, things have changed a little bit. Hasn't been important for you to keep up with these new trends. And what I mean by that is, have there really been new trends or new products and services that you have found out about that you've utilized for your clients in the last few years? Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially the Delaware Statutory Trust and the Premium Finance Fixed Index Universal Life and so forth. There's been a lot of changes there. And even in the annuity space, just the fixed index annuities, you got to keep up on products and companies and what they're offering because they, they change uh, often uh, what they're paying out. And you have to be up on that. I know some people that sell annuities sell the same one year after year. They don't challenge that. So I'm like, oh, that's not a good way to go. And and as you mentioned, yeah, we, we talked about phylos and rylas and, and structured notes and, and basically, and I'm researching all of these and I'm really doing a deep dive as I do with everything, even DSTs, I, I learned about them years ago. I spent a year and a half and basically a full-time staff person just researching that area before I offered it to my clients. I needed to understand it inside out, out and sideways, you know. And so the, you know, just a, a base, you know, we're going to be talking about this in the months to come. I, I suspect, but as opposed to a zero floor on a fixed index annuity, uh, we were talking about phylas that have maybe a, a floor that's negative, but it's only negative 10, say, and then a ceiling that's much higher or a Rylas, kind of same kind of thing. And, and so these different products are going to offer some security on the downside with some limitation on the upside. And so they're a, kind of a tweener between the fixed index annuity and the stock market results. Uh, you can buy a fixed index annuity that uh, has a floor of zero and you get a percentage of the S&P 500 gains that year. Well, that could be pretty good. That's if, if you're comparing that to CD, you know, historically, you're way, way ahead doing something like that over a CD. That's only going to give you, say, 1% a year. So those are some of the things we're looking at. We're also looking at structured notes. That's a hot topic now. A lot of guys are selling that. And what was interesting to me, Jeff, at, at this thing, I have already had a couple meetings since the conference, the presenters and so forth. And my last one, okay, can you explain the mechanics of how this actually works? Uh, well, not exactly. I'll, I'll hook you up with uh, Barclays or you know some person somewhere that can actually explain it. I'm like, okay, well, I don't think people should be selling something they can't explain mm-hmm. personally. And you know, they're they're saying, oh, it's pretty risk free, pretty risk free. Okay, <laughs> no, they're they you know, and it pays uh, you know six to fourteen percent. I'm thinking anything that pays fourteen percent. Uh, the smart little brain and you know voice in my head says there is risk there and it's yeah. substantial. And you know. I here and there isn't any. Now, I'm not saying these are good, bad, or indifferent. I haven't fully analyzed them yet, but certainly as I started doing a deep dive in that, it's got more and more interesting as to nothing's free in this world. So if you're going to get a higher return, you're probably taking higher risk. Now, again, is that always bad? Maybe not. If you don't think the markets are going to crash, then these might be a really good alternative where you can get a really nice interest rate without taking any downside hit, even if the markets drop. So I'm again, I'm researching these. They're very levels of risk and return, but I promise I won't be talking about them too much until I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we learned about these things, but as you 
you said, even with the DSTs, you did a lot of research before you began to offer them to your clients. So I'm sure you'll be vetting these uh, fixed index life annuities, the FILAs and the RILAs, the registered index linked annuities, before you offer them to your clients. You were talking about the market. So let's get into that first half recap of the market. What happens next? Will the market strength continue, do you think? Well, we don't have a crystal ball, but we, we're going to talk about some of the indicators uh, on the show today. Now, a summary of the first half, it's been a, a good first half of the year the, in the st- U.S. stock market. I will uh, define that. Uh, it's not a good first half of the year in the 10-year treasury market. It's a so-so year in the international markets. It's, you know, it, depending on which market we're defining, uh, it was either good or not good. But U.S. stock market had a good first half. Part of the reasons for that is, you know, we've had the ongoing reopening of the economy, uh, above average economic growth. Of course, we have that because we had a slowdown there. We had a recession. It was one of the shortest recessions, by the way, Jeff, in in history, I believe two months, three months. That's all it was. Yeah. So I barely, it was barely long enough to even, I think, be counted as a recession because I think most recessions have to be at least three months or something like that. But that was interesting how quickly that turned around. Well, we've had the uh, vaccine rollout, but I think one of the big reasons, uh, the easy monetary policies, low interest rates have made housing somewhat affordable, however offset by the increase in housing prices that comes along with that. So we have a, a very good housing market too. So there's there's a lot of positives. And, and as we talk about on the show, a lot of stocks are going up just because of innovation and increasing their bottom line without having to add labor and material costs. And, you know, when we talk about the first half of the year there, I mean, as you said, we have an ongoing reopening of the economy. However, right now, there's been a little monkey wrench thrown into this, and that is the, the Delta variant of this coronavirus. Are we expecting that to take us back to where we were in the beginning? Or do you think that we'll never really go back as far as we were when Corona first came upon? the scene here. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to go back all the way. I mean, we had, I I was just reading a statistic that uh, only about 55% of Americans are vaccinated right now. So four out of nine people said nope, or their children, I guess. But yeah, that's that's pretty high. So I I don't think anybody's going back the way things were. They're just not going to do that having gone through it once. But that, you know, that's, that is one of the challenges for the second half of the year. Another challenge is inflation. And as we've been talking about on this show for months, what's been reported is underreported. It's kind of like whenever there's a bid for a, a contract to the state or the city to build a road or a bridge or something. I could pretty much stadium. Uh, I pretty much guarantee you it's under what it's going to be. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a, a public project that came in under budget? <laughs> Don't think I have ever in my <laughs> Change life. Change orders and <laughs> inflation and sure. excuses and you know whatever it, it happens and and so we we've been hearing this every every week it comes out oh yeah those numbers they were actually we had to adjust them up inflation isn't two percent it's three oh wait no it's four four, four and a half no it's five and a half okay it's the biggest jump in ten years okay twenty years all right yeah I, I keep hearing mm-hmm. this but you know what's interesting is the rhetoric from you know politicians is that, oh, it's coming right back down. Everything's going to go back down. Uh, Jerome Powell take care of that, which, by the way, he can't. Uh, One, I really had to chuckle at this. Uh, I read Joe Biden was saying that if we stimulate the economy with a massive multi-trillion dollar influx of money, it's actually going to bring prices down. Mm. And I just had, I was like, oh my gosh, I knew I didn't see you in my economics 101 class in college because had 
you been there, you would have flunked out. That's the opposite of what would happen in that case. But, you know, everybody's got their agendas to push and, and uh, you're not going to get maybe multi-trillions of dollars if people think there's going to be inflation. So you just change the rhetoric. Uh, okay, now pumping money in the economy uh, reduces inflation. It does the opposite now under my administration because it's different now. I'm like, no, it's not different. <laughs> economics is economics. But anyway, I just kind of chuckle when I when I hear the pundits and the people in, in Washington kind of just changing the narrative to fit their views. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're here for you every weekend on the radio. Brian, during the week, we have these little one and two minute uh, Growing Your Wealth shows on the radio stations that we're on. One of the topics that you had talked about was the fact that the uh, U.S. household wealth is greater now than it ever has been before. It's amazing. I was. I think this stat blew me away more than about any other stat that I saw uh, while I was sitting through these classes in, in Vegas. But the U.S. household wealth was approximately, oh, it just crossed over $100 trillion in 2018. And at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, it was about $105 trillion. And if you chart that forward, we should be at about 115 right now. But instead, we're at about 130. So there's been an increase from 105 to 130 trillion in the United States since the beginning of 2020. So in just 18 months, we've seen about a 25%, 30% average increase in the net worth of U.S. households. I go, mean, oh, holy cats. I mean, that's the stock market. That's people not spending money during the pandemic and actually saving it because they couldn't have, you know, they have anything to spend it on. They couldn't go anywhere. That's your real estate prices going up. All these things combined, we've never seen an increase in household net worth like we just saw in the last 18 months. We're talking about the state of the market with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we're here on the radio every week for you. We invite you to join us here on the radio also, wherever you get your podcast, uh, go ahead and search for Growing Your Wealth there. You'll find us as well. And if you have at least $500,000 or more to invest and you're looking to hire a new financial planner, a new financial advisor, you'd like to get a, maybe a second opinion, maybe you don't have a plan, no cost, no obligation for either one of those. To request your plan, call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA. Or you can also request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. Time for a break, Brian, and we'll be right back to continue our market summary when our show continues after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you're researching something, weeding through all the available information can be daunting, especially when it concerns your retirement. What you want is a thorough analysis from an expert. Good news. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has done that for you in his recently published ebook series, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. You can get your free copy by calling 844-MADRONA today or visit madronafinancial.com to download your free copy. The Inside Retirement Investing ebook series covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. Call now to secure your free copy, 844-MADRONA. Madrona Financial Services provides a one-stop integrated approach to retirement planning. Schedule a complimentary no-obligation financial review to get on the path to achieving your retirement goals and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks by calling 844-MADRONA 
or by visiting madronafinancial.com. If the fuel gauge in your car was broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? You know, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. At Madrona Financial Services, we want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Madrona Financial, we have insurance-based solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for your loved ones. And as a CPA and personal financial specialist, we scrutinize every product we offer. If you want to learn how to create a secure lifetime income stream, protect your money from market losses, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary meeting today. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. We'll arrange a meeting at one of our three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to continue our discussion of the first half economic return. And Brian, there were some positives there too. I want to talk about tax rates though. I mean, tax rates look like they may be changing sometime in the future. Do you think that they're going to be changing here the second half and how how have they been the first half? Yeah, as we talked in the last segment, there are a lot of positives out there uh, for a robust economy in the second half. And we were trying to say, okay, what are the chances this continue or are we going to see reversal you know what's what's coming up and i can point to a lot of reasons why the economy should do well again pent up demand and uh, supplies are reopening up and businesses are opening back up we've had challenges with employment certainly uh, with the unemployment uh, system that we have right now that encourages people not to go to work so that will run its course though you know we've seen uh Uh, really low interest rates and a screaming housing market and so forth. So lots of things helping the market go up, innovations in technology, all of that. But on the flip side, we talked about the ongoing um, Delta variant and and the pandemic, uh, the inflation history uh, and what we think is going on forward. I think inflation's here. It's going to go up, especially if this, you know, a lot of what could throw some cold water on all of this is if that $3.5 trillion proposal passes, because that, I think two things will happen. One, we'll have very high inflation, which will really hurt a lot of people across the country and and the economy in, in general. The other thing is tax rates. So if they have all that money, part of that package is to put a bunch of big tax increases through. And certainly Governor Inslee had his his own that he's going to start at the beginning of the new year, uh, the capital gains tax, which is an income tax, by the way, as we say on this show, it is not an excise tax. An excise tax is a tax on gross. Capital gains tax is a tax on your net profit. Net profits are an income tax. That's the definition. So however you want to change the narrative on that, that is the definition. And uh, they are a tax on net income and frankly, a tax on inflation too. I saw an article in Wall Street Journal starting to talk about that. And I've talked about that for years. Capital gains tax is primarily just a tax on inflation, just kind of keeping you... It's it, a lot of the gains that you have are just because the money wasn't worth as much when you bought the asset. You held it a long time. The asset's worth more on paper, but it's really not worth any more buying power. Your buying power didn't go up. Yet the federal government and uh, proposal and the, the Inslee tax proposal would say that many people will have to pay more than half of their increase 
even though they had no economic benefit net of inflation. So that's another topic for another show. But uh, having stable tax rates is really important to an economy if we uh, jack up the rates uh, in all these different areas. Uh, I had to have a chuckle just the other day. I, I saw that Bezos you know, went up into space. And there was a, a congressman from Oregon. He, he brought up the idea, well, we need to start taxing space travel. <laughs> like, boy, the guy just landed and you're already, oh, oh, another way we can tax somebody. Let's, let's go for it. He hasn't it. even I, hit the ground yet. No, oh, we're trying to figure out how to tax We already him. have an income tax. So whoever is making money or whatever. Wow, a special space travel tax. Uh, any, any tax is a good tax if you're a politician, I guess. So, you know, having stable tax rates, I think, is, is Obviously, is important. Uh, that is one of the challenges uh, for the second half. Yeah, we've got road taxes. Why not tax the space there? I don't know. Just, oh my gosh! That is it's funny. Just, there's no end to the number of taxes that uh, there are out there. And, well, I, I guess that's good for my CPA business. Yeah. We'll never run out of things to do because no one can keep track of all of this. That's right. And those CPAs are busy enough as it is. Even today, they're up there working hard with the extensions and all that. Let's talk about the stock market. I mean, uh, first half, there were some exceptional returns for stocks, weren't there? Yeah, there sure were in the first half. Now, a part of that, you know, we have to look at every statistic. As we've talked about, my favorite textbook in college was How to Lie with Statistics in my statistics class. That was our, our textbook. And we saw through stats. And so we can say, all right, uh, this thing's way up. I should have invested that all along. Like, well, the reason it might be way up is because it was way down last year. It's just coming back to where it was. It's like, you know, it's kind of like looking at Boeing stock and you say, boy, it's way up or it's way down from where it was, depending on where you pick. Well, it's, you know, I compared it to the S&P, it's about equal with it over a longer period of time. So, you know, we have to look at it that way. But certainly the first half of the year, small cap stocks did the best US US mid cap was next and US large cap was third of the big stock areas fourth was developed international and fifth was emerging markets so if you're in the US stock market that part of your portfolio if you're in indexes did better than 10% if you had any in small cap you might have had a little bit in there that did better than 20% and if you again, if you were in foreign, you did uh, less than 10% in the first half. Brian, let's talk about the individual sectors of the market. I've got a graph here in front of me, and it seems like that the uh, first sector has grown almost double what the second sector has. So let's talk about the sectors that have grown the most. Again, uh, the statistical thing I just talked about, energy. Well, Energy was up 45% in the first half because it was down probably about that. I don't have that in front of me, but it was probably down about that much last year because of COVID. We know that energy stocks uh, really got uh, nailed uh, due to that. Next on the list of the sectors uh, was the financial sector. Uh, banks and insurance companies was second on the list. And so that would have been a good place. Why do they make a lot of money? Well, because interest rates are low. And, you know, I'll kind of summarize how a bank works. You, you put 100000 on deposit there at the bank. They give you 55 cents of interest a year. <laughs> Not very much, whatever. They pay you next to nothing for that money. Then they can go to the Fed and say, hey, we have 100000 on deposit. Lend us a million at next to nothing, and we'll lend it back out at 4 or 5%. And so they, they make forty fifty thousand $50,000 a year on your $100,000 deposit. 
and pay virtually nothing for that. And so with low interest rates, banks can do quite well. And so the next on on the list was the real estate sector. This is more commercial real estate because it's publicly traded real estate investment trusts. I'm not talking about your residence. I'm talking about publicly traded REITs. And so they had a great year. A big reason for that was not because, which is interesting because a lot of real estate suffered. You know, you think about medical places that had to close down, they couldn't be open, or office buildings, people are working remotely, and you think, oh, they must have suffered. And and you're saying, boy, they went way up in value. Did the rents go up? No. But what happened is people's perception of risk and return changed. So we had something called cap rate compression, meaning that in the past, if you owned real estate, you were satisfied getting, you know, maybe six, seven, eight percent. Well, any more uh, investors are satisfied getting, you know, three or four percent. And so when their their level of satisfaction is, is dropped, the value of the real estate goes up. And that's what we saw here. Uh, the value went up just because, gosh, at least you're getting something. I'm going to I'll buy that real estate and drive up the price because at least you're getting something. I can't get anything from a bond or a CD. So that, that's what we're seeing in the real estate market. So those are the, the top three uh, communications came in fourth, uh, industrials fifth and material sixth, and then we'll talk about the rest here in a minute. Brian, in listening to you, one thing that sort of uh, stood out is that you didn't mention the tech sector at all. That's right. I did not mention the technology sector. I mean, we, we think, you know, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Netflix, whatever, uh, are, are where you got to put all your money. But in the first half of the year, they were not in the top half of the sector's returns. Uh, they took a bit of a breather. They were great last year. And certainly there's areas within the tech sector that are still doing well. But uh, yeah, overall, the tech sector is on the kind of on the bottom half of the different sectors as far as rate of return in the first half of the year. I'm not saying it's not a great place to be. I'm just saying it, it didn't have a big increase. Part of that because it didn't have as much to recover because it went up last year so much. And so you're, you're still probably fine with your tech sector holdings. Next on the list would be healthcare sector. And then consumer discretionary, consumer staples. Uh, interestingly enough, again, just consumer discretionary went way up last year, and this year it's uh, the third uh, least in, uh, on the on the list here. I mentioned staples, and finally, uh, utility sector was the lowest performing sector of the stock market this first six months of the year. But of all of the sectors, the main sectors in the U.S. stock market for the first half of the year, every one of them was up. In the first half of the year, ranging from a 2% increase for utilities to a 45% increase for energy. Yeah, I would have thought healthcare would have been more, but it uh, looks like it's about uh, 10, 12%, something like that. Let's talk about the first half uh, inflation concerns. They're really causing mixed returns for bonds, aren't they? Yeah, so the flip side of this discussion is the return on bonds. And we've been talking for years on this show about the risk of being too heavily invested into bonds. And I've been wrong as many times as I've been right, I'll admit that, because I, I didn't think interest rates would continue to drop to near zero, but they did. And so if, if interest rates are dropping, bonds can be an okay investment. I, I say I'm wrong. I, I was wrong about uh, how badly I, I thought they would do. But what I've been right about is talking about alternatives to bonds, which have done quite well. And we'll, we'll talk about that too. But in the first half of the year, the only bond sector that had an increase was treasury inflation protected bonds. And so that was it. 
all other bond categories lost money uh, based on the, the chart I'm, I'm reviewing here in the high quality bond return space. The big loser was the long-term treasuries. Now you think, well, treasury, long-term treasuries, 10-year treasuries, that kind of thing, they haven't really moved that much. You know, they're, they're kind of vacillating between, you know, right around 1, 1.5%. One well, it doesn't take a big interest rate increase to lose a lot of money in a treasury because you're locking in for 10 years or especially if you're in a 30-year treasury bond. So what we've seen in the first half of the year, long-term treasury index is down 8%. And that's alarming because if you buy that, I don't know what your return is, but let's say you buy it through a brokerage and you know, they say, yeah, buy these long-term treasuries. Bonds are great. And so you do, and you're getting 1.5% yield and your fee to them is one and a quarter. So you have a quarter percent yield and you lost 8% last year. That's not a very good investment. No. So that probably <laughs> watered down your, your average returns if you had stocks in there too. We're talking about the state of the market with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we'll continue to talk about that. Meantime, if you have at least $500,000 or more to invest, you're looking to hire a new financial planner or you want to get a first look. Maybe you don't have a plan. We're offering for our loyal listeners this week a plan that is complimentary, no cost, no obligation whatsoever. Very simple to request your plan. 844-MADRONA is the number to call. 844-MADRONA. As always, go to the website madronafinancial.com and request your plan from there. We'll be right back with more of Growing Your Wealth after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If taxes are keeping you from selling your highly appreciated income property, Madrona Financial Services has an exciting offer for commercial real estate owners. We have a team that's solely dedicated to helping real estate investors defer the taxes on the sale of their highly appreciated income property with a Delaware Statutory Trust. A DST qualifies as a 1031 like-kind exchange, so you can potentially defer your gains and reinvest them in income-producing commercial properties. And best of all, you can invest in a DST without any of the hassles or responsibilities of being a landlord or property manager. When you work with Madrona Financial Services, you'll be working with a team of CPAs and investment advisors with extensive DST experience. Now you have the freedom to sell your highly appreciated income property, still enjoy the benefits of investing in real estate, and potentially defer the taxes on your income property with a 1031 exchange. Learn more at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madrona1031.com. 
You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to continue our discussion on the state of the market's first half 2021. And Brian, you know, uh, we've gotten some encouraging news that you've talked about in the first half there. Let's talk about the fact that there is a pretty strong environment for the income segments. Let's start with REITs, actually. Yeah, you know, and we've been talking a lot about how do you get any income because the bond market has been, you know, tough to tough to get that. It used to be in the old days, as we know, we could buy a, a high quality or high yield bond fund, uh, laddered bonds, uh, CDs, all that stuff. We get our four, five, six percent returns and feel pretty good about that. Well, those days are long gone, and so now people are looking for yield, and we've seen a huge increase in cash looking for yield globally, and that's what's driven down treasury yields to next to nothing. And even uh, globally, they're even lower than the U.S. and and many, many developed countries across the the world. Now, we saw REITs uh, really perform well. Pretty much anything in real estate had a great year this last year, year and a half. Whether it's your the value of your residence, commercial real estate, uh, for the most part, publicly traded REITs, private non-traded REITs, Delaware statutory trusts. I don't care what you're in. You probably did pretty good with real estate because it's one of the last places that you can get a, uh, I'll call it, decent income. Now, everything has risk, and this one has its own risk factors, depending on where your real estate is. I mean, you can't move real estate, location, location, location. The type of real estate it is, uh, the management of it, the fees, all that stuff factors in. So it's it's not for everybody. Uh, and you got to do your research. Certainly, we do ours. But uh, overall, the average, the, the index of uh, publicly traded REITs was up over 20% in the first half of the year. Again, as I mentioned in the last segment, primarily due to cap rate suppression. Uh, other areas of the bond market, convertible bonds, high-yield municipal bonds, high-yield corporate bonds, bank loans, they did okay in the first half of the year as opposed to the treasuries, longer-term treasuries lost money, and the emerging market bond market lost money too. We're talking about the state of markets with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs, and we're recapping the uh, first part of the year here. Brian, let's talk about the first half returns over the last half century, 50 years. All right. Well, I have a chart in front of me, and I'm going to try and break it down for (laughs) our our listeners here. In the last 50 years, I I see that 16 times the market was down in the first half of the year, and 34 times it was up. That's pretty consistent uh, over the last full century. The return uh, in 2021 was put it right around a tenth out of the 50 years as far as highest return. So it was a very, very high return. Uh, what's interesting to me, though, I'm looking at this, and three times in the last 50 years, the market has dropped more than 10, the S&P has dropped more than 10%, just three times. Now, how many times has it gone up 10% or more in the first half? I'm looking at about uh, close to 20 so that's a pretty good uh, mix there. I, I can't promise you it won't be down at, at any time in the future, but uh, statistically, there's a lot more ups and downs, and the ups are much higher than the downs. And so that was an interesting stat there. We're trying to you know, always predict what the market's going to do. The one thing I will say about this stat that jumps out at me is that markets over time, the averages are positive, okay? A lot more ups and downs. And so 
uh, if, if we look at our investing like that, if we have a long-term outlook on our investing, then perhaps we should consider a significant portion in the markets. Brian, it seems that the Fed is uh, absorbing some of this volatility, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're certainly being very aggressive and trying to keep the markets going and and the economy humming along. Uh, if you look back at their purchases of mortgage-backed securities, and beginning in two thousand eight, their purchases were zero, but uh, now they're they're getting close to two and a half trillion. So. They're, they're certainly pumping a lot of money into buying securities and keeping interest rates low for banks. Again, as we talk about on the show all the time, just because they're keeping borrowing rates low does not mean they can control inflation, as they always say they can. They can maybe influence inflation, but you know, they're they're kind of if they're if they're keeping interest rates low and doing all this tinkering, one of the unfortunate outcomes is inflation. Yeah, and like you said, it's never been cheaper for homeowners to borrow. And when I look at uh, this graph here in front of me, I'm seeing that, I, and I remember this back about 1981, people were standing in line to get interest rates at 18 percent on a home loan. Today, I mean, it's like three percent. This is good if you're a homeowner or a wannabe homeowner. But by the other side of the coin here, uh, I mean prices have never been higher. Yeah, I think the, yeah, the ship has kind of sailed on the wannabe homeowners a little bit because initially when the rates were dropping, home prices had not gone up that much. And so now over time, now people go, well, I, I never thought I could afford a house. Now I can. I'm going to get in the market. And now they're looking around going, yeah, and 20 other people are offering on every house we offer on two and we still can't buy a house and the prices are way up. And so it's kind of a catch-22. Uh, it's a little little late to the party. Uh, not to say you can't buy a house, but boy, it sure got a lot harder when the prices got jacked up with these low interest rates. But I, I remember uh, interest rates on mortgages went above 10% in 1978. And I was working in Bellevue to CPA firm, and I heard one of my partners just yell out a woohoo. And I said, What are you excited about? I just saw a mortgage rate at 9.9. <laughs> and it had been so many years. It was 1986 mm-hmm. or, or 87. Yeah. It had been so many years since we've seen under 10% for a mortgage that he was so excited. That they hit 9.9, and I, I remember that. And then I bought a house uh, in Kirkland, and my first house, 8.625, and wow. I thought I scored. <laughs> uh, what a low interest rate that is. So now you're looking at the twos and threes, and, and everybody's going, oh, no, three and a quarter, that's so high. I'm like, well, not if you're older like us, huh, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And the median sales prices for these new houses sold in the United States has gone up significantly, too. In the last 20 years ago, I mean, in, in 2001, it was uh, about $175,000. Today, median price across the country is more than three fifty, and that is a bargain if you're here in the Seattle area. A couple of weeks ago on the little one-minute and two-minute uh, shows that we do on the radio stations, you had mentioned the, the, you know, the median prices of houses in the Seattle areas, and I had you know heard you talk about some prices that were over a million dollars in some sectors of the Seattle market. Yeah, as I recall, the average Bellevue East Side uh, house was between 1.3 and 1.4 million average. Right. And there's, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of big new developments there because, you know, there's not, not a lot of land to, to build there. And so we're talking a lot of regular houses you grew up in that were worth 
forty grand, you know, or thirty grand. You mm-hmm. you put it in Bellevue, okay, it's a million four, and it's just it's incredible what we've seen in that area. And I I don't see it slowing down. I was just there uh, speaking at an event at Daniel's, and we were looking around at all the construction around downtown Bellevue there, and and okay, Amazon's going here, Amazon's going there. You know, the tallest building now is you know thirty something stories or whatever, and they're going to build something you know I don't know two hundred stories or not. I'm joking, but they're going to put up some big buildings there. And, you know, they got the transit going through there and the employees are going to have a long walk, I noticed. But just seeing all the the construction in Bellevue, because nobody wants to be building in Seattle anymore, it seems. So they're going to Bellevue. Bellevue is just booming. And the prices reflect that. We're talking about the state of the market with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer FN CPAs once again for your complimentary financial plan. If you have at least $500,000 to invest, you can get it by calling 844-MADRONA. No cost, no obligation, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Check us out on the web and request your plan at madronafinancial.com. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And now here's Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. Today I wanted to give my two cents on some of the concerns I have about inflation versus interest rates. They've been lumped together by a lot of people on on TV and and radio and so forth and in the print media online that they're one and the same. They, They certainly are not. In fact, often they work in opposite directions to some degree. We're seeing that the uh, interest rates that are being charged to banks to borrow from the Fed so that they can lend out money to other people, those have been definitely held down to spur the economy and so forth with the belief that uh, the Fed believes, of course, that when you have easy borrowing, that more money's put into the economy and it does well. You can only do that so much and if you don't want to overheat it or underheat it, we call it kind of the Goldilocks effect, you know, not too hot, not too cold, that's kind of what they're going for right now. Now, one of the ways they're holding down interest rates and keeping housing prices high is that they're buying mortgage-backed securities. Uh, Back in 2007, they didn't own any. Just in 2019, they owned about one and a half trillion, and now they're close to two and a half trillion. So they've been uh, pumping a lot of money into the mortgage markets, keeping interest rates down uh, and the housing market hot too. There's a lot of things that uh, the Fed can't do anything about, and I don't think inflation is one of them. Uh, Inflation is supply and demand. And we've got a lot of reasons why inflation could be rearing its ugly head again, because uh, our supply chains have been disrupted, demand is high, and they are not the same inflation and interest rates. Get your copy of Madrona's latest books, the Inside Retirement Investing Series. These books cover everything from the basics of retirement planning, investing, taxes, and so much more. Arm yourself with information. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to complete our discussion on the state of the market. And Brian, I was looking at a graph here, which is rather interesting. As of January 1st, 2011 to January 1st, 2021, the U.S. household wealth really has staggeringly more wealth than it did back, you know, 10 years ago. 
Oh, especially, yeah, 10 years ago. And, and we're going to focus on this last year and this year so far and and what that might have to do to say about what we might expect in the months and year to come. And so that's why I want to bring this up. But, yeah, we've seen a certainly an upward trend line in uh, U.S. Uh, net worth, household net worth. Uh, 10 years ago, it was about $65 trillion. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, it was about 100 and Hundred five uh, trillion, and now it is a hundred and thirty trillion. It just had a massive increase. It's interesting to read. I was chuckling at this graph because U.S. household net worth one hundred thirty million in millions. Yeah. Okay, what's one hundred thirty million <laughs> times a million? Luckily, I I am a mathlete, so <laughs> I was right. able to get to trillion pretty quick. But uh, yeah, that's really interesting. And, and where that uh, change is, so that the change. In balance sheets in the last 18 months has been an increase of $25 trillion, so about a 25% increase, which is just enormous in just 18 months uh, being a, 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 a U.S. average. Most of that was in financial assets. So a lot of that financial asset is corporate equities and right. mutual funds. And uh, and some of that is checkbook account deposits and currency. We saw a lot of increases in real estate and and uh, so forth. Not much of an increase in mortgages. Ve- almost, you know, half of a trillion is 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 all in this case versus a twenty five trillion dollar increase in assets. So we're what we've seen is people are not really leveraging a whole lot. Uh, like they had in the past, but uh, the values have gone up. And why this is important is looking at the increase in checkable deposits and currency. It's up $2 trillion in 18 months. You say, well, that doesn't sound like that much compared to these numbers you're saying. But that's a 178% increase on a percentage basis. So the U.S. average average U.S. household is up 178% over the last 18 months in checkable deposits and currency. And why that's really important is for markets to do well, they have to have fuel for their fire. Mm -hmm. And part of that fuel can come from uninvested cash. That's interesting. This is post-pandemic, too, and it occurs to me, you know, we had a pandemic, a pandemic. I mean, let that sink in, a worldwide pandemic, but yet people are depositing more money. Go figure. Yeah, and again, they didn't have anything to spend money on. I, I, I had a it. couple people come to me, and Brian, you've been telling us on the radio and everything, your client's net worth is up. I've been saying this over and over and over, and now i got the stats finally behind to back it up. And my clients across the board are saying, I have more money than I ever thought I'd have, more net worth, more security, real estate's up, my markets are up, I'm not a big spender. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this money. And then I had people coming to me saying, okay, you finally had convinced me to start spending money, fly first class, I don't know, buy a car that runs well, I don't know, whatever. And now the pandemic comes, I can't even spend the money. What am I supposed to do now, Brian? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I told you to spend money you want to, and now you can't even go anywhere to do that. So I I don't know how to help you (laughs) spend more money. And so, but we're seeing more and more of that. So people saved their money, they invested in their real estate. They invested more money in the markets. They started paying attention more to their finances. The finances are way up. It's a weird, weird place that we're in right now. Uh, do I think this is going to continue? Uh, I, I got asked that yesterday, of course, and, and I said, 
uh, you know, they said, you probably can't say. I'm, well, I can say, but I have a, you know, I could be wrong. So I'm like, sure. you know, but boy, there's a lot of reasons why it might continue, why we might continue to see a lot of good opportunities, uh, opportunities in the investment world. So, Brian, what happens next here? Best case scenario. Well, we have above average economic growth, easy monetary policies, uh, pandemic threat is fading somewhat, uh, strong U.S. consumer, a lot of pent-up demand. Um, it could be a very strong environment for stocks. I could be wrong. <laughs> I have to say that. Sure. Uh, just because I think there are things in place. Because, again, as I mentioned, there are some things that could hold us back. But we have, you know, right now real estate looks good. Higher yielding uh, bonds and so forth have done okay. But uh, certainly the stock market, especially the U.S. stock market, again, we've, we've seen uh, real, real positives there. There's some great products out there, whether, you know, we've talked premium finance, fixed universal life or regular uh, FIULs and that kind of thing. There's a lot of stuff out there to pick from that may uh, uh, be a good solution for you. But, you know, we do have those risks. And I'll remind everybody, it's it's the, uh, the virus, you know, the Delta variant, perhaps, uh, the economy. Uh, if we pump a, money, a lot of money into it, we will have inflation. That will be a, a big risk to, this, uh, to the market continuing to go higher. But higher U.S. taxes and a global minimum tax could certainly put a damper on the economy also. Yeah, there are a lot of things, a lot of uh, obstacles that you may want to look out for. So let's give some final thoughts here, basically, in this particular segment. We're in sort of what I call a Goldilocks period in the capital markets, aren't we? Yeah, not too hot, not too cold. We're kind of just right, and everything feels good right now. And and as I've always said on the show, every time is a good time to do your financial planning, and and if you haven't done it for a while, so uh, let's let's now's a good time to kind of assess where you're at because your your accounts are up, your values are up uh, for the most part, and and you're looking at everything going. Where do I want to be? Maybe you have too much invested in cash. I just read that we're up 178%. So a lot of people listening have too much in cash for them, and they want to maybe invest that. They're worried about, am, am I too late? Um, a downturn is inevitable at some time. But as we talked about earlier, the stats say that those downturns happen, but not nearly as often as the up, upsides. So if, if, as long as you know that, uh, you know you don't have to worry about the timing quite as much. Um, but don't uh, just chase returns. Don't just go, oh, Brian said that uh, energy stocks are at 40%. I'm going to sell everything I have and buy energy stocks. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and there are some challenges. So analyze your portfolio. Now's a great time to say, all right, what should I, where should I be going forward? Where do I want to be? Why don't I position myself there? there I, and certainly, we talked about some other products that you probably don't have or haven't even heard about. Uh, certainly, if you listen to this every week, you, you hear about them. And we'd love to sit down and kind of go over the options, uh, not only just an investment plan, but a legacy plan, an income plan, a uh, the, the whole th- a tax plan, all this stuff. And so that's that's what we have fun doing. But I'm, I'm hopeful that today's discussion uh, brought some light to what the first half looked like, what what were kind of the drivers behind it, and what are we looking at into the future? Brian, as you said, we don't have a crystal ball here. I'm very encouraged. I mean, we went through this pandemic. Here we are, and things are not as bad as I thought they would be. I mean, when it first came upon the scene, the pandemic, I mean, the doomsayers were saying, you know, this is the end. This is the beginning of the end <laughs> times. And here we are now a couple of years later, and it and it really has not been. 
And again, I want to reiterate, we don't have a crystal ball. That is the sort of the buffering Internet thing. I, we used to say skipping record, but it, well, today I'll update it and say a buffering Internet. We can't look into the future, but what is your gut feeling about the next five to ten years? Well, know your risk uh, level. And, and and it's okay to not be invested all the time. I mean, I can, my gut can say the market's going to be up. I wrote that article, why the Dow will hit 50,000, you know, or Dow will hit 50,000 and why and when and all that. And it was just, just uh, doing a math equation of a 6 to 7% compounded growth rate. Uh, as I've talked about on the show before, when I entered public accounting, I think the Dow was about 1,500. Now it's, what, 35,000. So, you know, if I look back in time, I'd say, oh, okay, generally stock markets go up over time, not in a straight line. Everybody knows that. Do I think they're going to continue to go up? Well, I don't think the world's going to completely change in the next five years. Yeah, I, I would suspect they're probably going to go up. I could be wrong. But uh, uh, anybody that says they're not going to go up anymore has been wrong because the markets are way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not for everybody. Uh, a lot of people need security, and especially in retirement, security and cash flow. There's two things the market doesn't do well. Security and cash flow. So if you come to me and go, I wish I had security and cash flow, then we're going to talk about stuff that's not in the stock market. You might have some in the market. You might, you might, uh, uh, but but maybe it's not the lion's share. So everybody gets their own individual, um, you know, response as to what is important to them. If it's growth, great. Let's talk about the market. I think the market will be good over the upcoming years because of technological advancements and low interest rates. But uh, again, I don't know. So it's the I don't know part that could dominate the discussion. And so there is no right or wrong answer. It's whatever works for you. So the big question is, what happens next? What can we do as investors for the I just don't know times? Well, I can tell you what you can do is get a financial plan. If you have at least $500,000 to invest and you want that financial plan to get you to retirement, through retirement, and to account for volatility and ups and downs in the market and your individual situation, you can request it by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, or you can also request it online at madronafinancial.com. Out of time for this week, Brian. Thank you so much for your time talking about the first half of the market. Thank our listeners for their time. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe you should never worry about running out of money in retirement. Retirement should be spent doing what you love with the people you love. The CPAs and financial advisors at Madrona Financial Services want you to know that with proper financial planning, that's exactly what you can have.
Their goal is to do everything they can to help you achieve a financially secure future. They have many tools and ways to help you reach your retirement goals, from guaranteed lifetime income streams and protection against market losses to alternative real estate investments and strategies to minimize your taxes. With the Madrona Bundle of Services, they have everything you'll need to plan for retirement under one roof. So schedule your complimentary meeting today and get back to enjoying your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. They'll arrange a meeting at one of their three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future at madronafinancial.com. Your business started as a dream and with a lot of investment in both time and money, sweat, hard work and determination, you built it into what it is today. It's been good to you, but now it's time to sell it and open the next chapter of your life. But how do you know what your business is truly worth and how do you present it in its best light for a potential buyer? Madrona Financial Services can put together a business succession plan that will determine the fair value of your business and answer all the important questions a buyer would ask. Their knowledge and expertise can help make the sale of your business go more smoothly and help you get what it's worth. Madrona Financial sister firm Bauer Evans CPAs can also address the tax planning aspects too. Succession planning may be the single most neglected aspect of business ownership. Don't make the same mistake that many others have. Instead, get started with your plan today. Call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit madronafinancial.com. Madrona Financial. Moving forward.